Hey folks, this is Jesse Coe, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, and whatever part of the day you're in. Sure do appreciate y'all joining me. <coughs> Excuse me. Give me a little bit of your time. I will try and use it wisely. For those of y'all that continue to share the podcast with others and talk to to people about it, I'm I'm extremely grateful and humbled by that. It continues to improve and grow, so thank you. And thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to do it and for a little bit of rain and for a porch to sit on <laughs> and people that listen. We did get a little bit of rain. Garden seems to be appreciating it. So do the trees and the grass at some point will have to be mowed again. But we're going to ignore that for now and pretend that that's not true. I have one puppy dog on the porch, our three-legged wolf, and one kitty cat that I can see. And that's about it. So we'll get going. We're going to talk today about American exceptionalism. Because despite what the left tries to pretend, America is extremely exceptional. Really the only of her kind in a good way. And... I thought about this. I'm not sure. I'm going to let y'all think about this and see. You can mull it over and send me comments as y'all are good about doing. But I'm not even sure that the left really buys into that. It, it's There's a lot of things. This thought is a lot deeper than this. But if you really thought a company or a country was so average or bad or or whatever word you want to use to describe it, if you if you really didn't think much of the country, just like if you don't think much of a state or a city or a town or a school district, wouldn't you leave? Well, at any rate, I'm going to start with a little blip out of the Founder's Bible, and then we're going to talk about the a couple quotes from the American God and Country Encyclopedia, both extremely good resources that I use just about every podcast, uh, including the Patriots Bible. That's probably, uh, I would put that as probably one of the best resources, at least to get you started. Alexis de Tocqueville. You don't know much about him. He was a Frenchman that came over in the early to mid-1800s. Pretty famous in his own right, I I think, but I'm not real familiar with Tocqueville in in that sense. And ended up writing a work based on his observations in America. And it's now referred to as Democracy in America. And it's extremely famous. I'm assuming most, quite a few of y'all have heard of it. 
I'm sure there's many out there that haven't today because we don't do a very good job teaching history. So one of his quotes was, the position of the Americans is quite exceptional, and it may be believed that no democratic people will ever be placed in a similar one. And folks, that's true. There is no other nation on the face of the planet that was built up with the principles of Jesus Christ at their core. Um, the notable exception, I suppose, being Israel, because God's principles are Christ's principles. So. This is a little paragraph from the Founder's Bible. I thought it was pretty good. The editor, I believe, is Barton. So, the statement resulted American exceptionalism in a phrase called American exceptionalism, describing the unprecedented stability, prosperity, and liberty produced by the institutions and policies based on concepts such as God-given and alienable rights. Individualism, limited government, full republicanism, separation of powers, and educated and virtuous citizenry. But where did our founding fathers find these unique ideas? In an attempt to answer this question, political scientists embarked on an ambitious project to analyze some 15,000 writings from the founding era, 1760 to 1805, with the goal of isolating and identifying the political sources referenced in each work. If the source of the references could be determined, the origin of the founder's political ideas could be determined. The researchers identified 3,154 quotations and documented the source of each, finding that the single most cited authority was the Bible. 34% of the documented quotes were taken from scriptures, a percentage almost four times higher than the second most cited source. And I can't remember the other two folks. I've read it somewhere. Blackstone, I think, was somewhere up near the top. Uh, and then I want to say Montague, but for some reason that doesn't sound right right now. So I'll just move on. And so what parts of the Bible were most frequently invoked according to the researchers? Although the citations came from virtually every part of the Bible, St. Paul was a favorite in the New Testament. St. Peter was next, and then John's Gospel. Deuteronomy was the most cited Old Testament book, followed by Isaiah. Genesis, Exodus, and Leviticus. Other prominently cited books of the Bible were Psalms, Proverbs, Jeremiah, Chronicles, and Judges. And we're going to talk about the Tocqueville some more, maybe tomorrow. We'll see how far we get. But we're going to move on. We're going to talk about him just a little bit more today, but then we'll, we'll come back to him in the next day or two, few days. So these are a few quotes more quotes from de Tocqueville. In the United States, the influence of religion is not confined to manners, but it extends to the intelligence of the people. Christianity, therefore, reigns without obstacle by universal consent. The consequence is, as far as I have, or as I have observed before, that every principle of the moral world is fixed and determinate. Again and again through these quotes, folks, you're going to see. So we, we've talked about this. I think we talked about it recently. People are looking for all these solutions for public education. And, and there are half dozen, seven or so things that really 
have to be fixed if there's any hope of salvaging public education. But the main one that all the others go to is putting God back in the center of public education. The Bible is the primary textbook, as our founders talked about multiple times, multiple different founders. And, you know, we can talk about fiscal policy and foreign policy all we want in politics, whether Trump should be president or Biden or whoever else you want to throw in there. None of it really matters if we don't become a more virtuous people ourselves, as President Adams said, and if we don't elect Christian leaders, as our first Supreme Court Chief Justice John Jay said, because as a Christian nation, regardless of your personal religious background or faith or beliefs, because when John Jay was talking, he was he was talking to all citizens. He wasn't hyphenating us, dividing us by you know, continent, ethnicity, race, color of our skin, et cetera, et cetera, gender. He was talking to everybody when he said this is a Christian nation and we have a duty to elect Christian leaders. So the reason America is exceptional, what we're talking about today, is for nothing more and nothing less than that we were built on God and Jesus Christ in the Bible. That's why public education was so successful for a time. Um, that's, that's absolutely why our institutions, when they are successful, that's why they are, because of the principles of God and Jesus Christ. Uh, I say this again because I know there's some people out there that are going to throw this back immediately if you actually take the time to listen to the podcast. You do not have to be Christian to be an American. Our founders were very clear on that, uh, not forcing anyone to faith or forcing anyone away from faith. But they were also equally clear, maybe more so on the fact that if we didn't have a people that followed the teachings of Christ, the republic wouldn't stand very long. And then that's exactly what's happening today in our institutions and our country as a whole. And so we're losing the exceptionalism that de Tocqueville talked about because we have rejected the reason for the exception. It's like for exceptionalism. It's like taking a really good athlete uh, You talk about. You know, what do you see as the unifying unifying thread almost always? Whether you're talking about uh, Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, uh, Kobe, uh, just I mean, just pick one from whatever sport you like, or or pick something from the business world if you're familiar with that, or or pick something from the literature world. Uh, you know, you could talk about Rowling or Tolkien or or just a just a whoever is really successful, right? They have strengths. They have some core value, work ethic, probably would be high among them. And if you took that core principle away, you would also take their success away immediately. And that's exactly what we're doing. The reason that we're exceptional is because we were based on the principles of Christ. And as President Coolidge said, if those ever cease to become practically universal, the country ceases. And so here we are. There's another quote that's often attributed, both Eisenhower and Reagan attributed it to de Tocqueville. I haven't been able to confirm that. I've looked a little bit, but it's still a phenomenal quote, regardless of where it came from. I sought for the key of the greatness and genius of America in her harbors, in her fertile fields and boundless forests, in her rich mines and vast world commerce, in her public school system and institutions of learning. I sought for it in her democratic Congress and in her matchless constitution. Not until I went into the churches of America and heard her pulpits flame with righteousness did I understand the secret of her genius and power.
America is great because America is good. And if America ever ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. Whether de Tocqueville actually said that or not to me is pretty irrelevant. The point is still absolutely true. And you can't have morality and virtue without religion. And when, when so many of the people that I talk about, Adams is one, when they say that, they're talking about God, the Father of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Make no mistake, folks. It's written into the very first lines of our Declaration of Independence. Laws of nature and of nature's God. So, a couple more quotes from de Tocqueville. The safeguard of morality is religion, and morality is the best security of law as well as the surest pledge of freedom. So, kind of backs up the earlier statement. The Americans combine the notions of Christianity and of liberty so intimately in their minds that it is impossible to make them conceive the one without the other. That's obviously not true anymore, folks, as a whole, but it sure needs to be. Christianity is the companion of liberty in all its conflicts, the cradle of its infancy, and the divine source of its claims. And, I mean, this is biblical from the New Testament verse. You can't have liberty. You can't have freedom without the Spirit of the Lord. And we used to know this, and we used to teach our children this, and we used to be focused on that as a priority. Yeah, have we fallen short a number of times? Absolutely. Have we always had that as our priority throughout our history? No. That's why you have the Great Awakenings. But the point is, and man, I can't pull this president right now. I sure wish I could. But the point is, the, the times when we have been truest to our principles, to the principles of Christ, those are the times when we have been the greatest. And the, the farther we've gotten away, the times we've gotten farther away, those are the times when we've been the worst. Calvin Coolidge, Memorial Day, 1923. He was then vice president under President Harding. He's speaking of the motives of our Puritan forefathers. They were intent upon establishing a Christian commonwealth in accordance with the principle of self-government. They were an inspired body of men. It has been said that God sifted the nations that he might send choice grain into the wilderness. Who can fail to see in the hand of destiny? Who can doubt that it has been guided by a divine providence? Uh, you know, here again, you can't, when you look back at the history of America, it's impossible not to see, not to see God in our history. I just had our other puppy dog, our black lab come up soaking wet and she's decided she needs attention. It's impossible not to see God throughout the history of our country. You don't need to eat my glasses. Thank you very much. <laughs> if y'all have never had a, a lab for a pet, uh, it's, it's quite the experience. I got way off here, folks. The point is still the same. I was really trying to recall. Uh, there's a quote, I think maybe by Cleveland, Grover Cleveland, in his inaugural address, 1884, 85, something like that. We talked about it recently. And he said that you can see the hand of God throughout the entire history of our country. And, and you can. The problem is that we've allowed ourselves, we've allowed 
the Supreme Court decision of 47 and the left to convince us that that's not true and that somehow we're bigoted in some form or fashion because we try and cling to the truth. And that's why the nation's stumbling, because we've allowed that to happen. And the only way to correct it, folks, is to get back to that and have God be the center of our public life and and have those principles of Christ be the basis for our country, both individually and as a nation. Concerning America's destiny, Calvin Coolidge again, if there be a destiny, it is of no avail for us unless we work with it. The ways of providence will be no advantage to us unless we proceed in the same direction. If we perceive a destiny in America, if we believe that providence has been the guide, our own success, our own salvation require that we should act and serve in harmony and obedience. The foundations of our society and our government rest so much on the teachings of the Bible that it would be difficult to support them if faith in these teachings would cease to be practically universal in our country. And that's the the great quote that I come back to so often. You, You can't have America without God and the Bible. All the way back from Washington and Coolidge here is saying it and so many others. And that's the reason for our American exceptionalism is God. And, you know, Coolidge was talking about here to serve with obedience, right? And and Lincoln and so many others talked about humbly acknowledging God and his blessings. And, And we don't do that. And then we want to look around and we can't figure out why our families are struggling, why our marriages are struggling, why our children are struggling, why our nation is struggling. It's pretty obvious, folks. We just don't want to. We want to put all this time and energy, these priorities, spend all this time on the other things, but we don't have any time for God or, you know, just five minutes maybe in passing. And and we don't have any time for our spouse except when we want something. And then we can't figure out why everything's falling apart. I'm going to leave you with one more. Andrew Jackson, June 8th, 1845. That book, sir, referring to the Bible, is the rock upon which our republic rests. It's really pretty simple, folks. We just make it hard, as with so many other things. Spending time with God, is, is it's not hard. We make it difficult because we're selfish. Loving our spouse each day, it's not hard. We make it difficult because we're so selfish. And, and we get our priorities out of whack, and we have really badly for almost 80-plus years now. And, uh, well, if we don't turn it around, we're lost. And even if we do turn it around, folks, we probably still have a fight coming. But as we talked about in that Churchill biography, we, we may have a fight coming either way, with shame or without shame. So, and I think we do. And I've said that on this podcast many times. I just don't see how we can avoid that today because of Unless we just keep going down the path towards Stalinist Russia or Maoist China. Sure to appreciate y'all joining me, sitting on the porch for a little bit, listening to the rain and the birds and the dogs. Hope y'all have a wonderful rest of whatever is left of your day. Remember Henry's quote about your sphere of influence. Y'all all have one, folks, wherever you are. Use it wisely.
God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon. Looking forward to it.